Well, uh, let's get started then. Uh, thank you uh, for joining us for another episode of It Is a Podcast. Uh, I have Bruce Myers with me today. Uh, Ryan was unable to join us. Uh, he is busy at the moment. And I do want to apologize. My voice is going to be a little hoarse for this session. I've spent the last week being sick. So uh, if you can get past that, go ahead and uh, continue listening and uh, see what we have to say. Hi, everybody. Uh, so some exciting episodes today. We have the first three episodes of season three. Um, one of my favorites is the Gay Witch Hunt season three one. So, I mean, yeah, let's just talk through that cold open. Uh, before we get to that, there's one thing I want to say. So uh, I'm watching these all on the DVD disc set, right? And okay. so the opening disc for season three, it has it set up the menu as if it was like the Ring movie. Like, there's just, like, a TV, and then there's an office wall, and then the TV is, like, staticky. It's like, shh, and then it, like, phases in, and it's Michael, like, staring at the TV, and he's like, I'm so scared right now. And then, it, like, it turns to static and, like, phases out, and it's just, like, eerily creepy. It's really weird. I don't know if anybody else has seen this, but uh, I had to, like, pa- I had to wait a second and take this note because it was creeping me out. Yeah, that that that's coming from an episode. I can't remember. We haven't seen him do any apology videos yet, right? Mm-mm. Okay. So yeah, that that clip of him talking that they're using in the menu should be coming up probably in this season if it's it's in here. Um, yeah, that's funny that they did that. I've never owned the DVZ, so that's a that's a cool little detail. It's uh, it's pretty interesting for sure. I wonder if it'll be the same on the other ones or if they'll change it for uh, like the other discs. Because there's like four or five discs for each season. So Yeah, you have to let us know. <laughs> yeah, so this cold open is just a recap of the other episode, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for the most part. Just a... <laughs> It like shows up. Ryan's in his desk. Uh, Dwight is clipping his fingernails on his desk, and then he blows them into Ryan's face right. like an ass. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and then we cut back, and then it's like, uh, "You're really gonna marry him?" And she's like, "Yeah." And then he leaves, and then uh, it cuts to Dwight, and Dwight's like, "Oh, I miss Jim so much. I miss." And then he just deadpans, "It's like false. I do not miss him." Right. Or some shit like that. And there's there's just a lot to unpack in this cold open. It like tells you everything that you need to know going forward, right? It tells you like the little bits that happened at the end there that we didn't see. Because he didn't see that you're gonna marry him thing at the end of season two. That wasn't there. I think it, it's one of those version things. It may be a deleted scene or an aired scene. I know I've seen it before in the preview, but I don't really remember if that's from the super fans or if that's just different cuts. Maybe the Netflix version may have had it in the previous episode. See, there's so many different cuts, it's hard to know. Okay, so in the cut I'm watching, that wasn't a part of the season two finale. It was they kiss, and then it ends. It just goes to cut. They don't talk. They don't do nothing. Um, In this one, he uh, he kisses her. They go in for the kiss. He comes back, and he's like, you don't know how long I've wanted to do that. And she answers, me too. She answers me too to that. She doesn't push him away. She doesn't stop him. She's like, yeah, I know. What's up? Let's get it. And then he asks if she's going to marry her. And she goes, yeah, I'm still going to marry him. And then doesn't. She fucking doesn't, dude. Right. Even after he leaves. After he leaves. She doesn't even bother, you know, uh, she doesn't even, she doesn't even call it off, which I suppose, you know. Kudos for her, I guess, to, to make sure that she was really canceling it for her and not so much to be with Jim. 
Yeah, for sure. I do want to pat myself on the back here. My guess was that the wedding was going to be the season two finale. Um, it wasn't right, but it wasn't that far off. It wasn't. It was in between the season two finale and season three. Okay, and they called it off then. So timeline wise, I'm pretty fucking accurate. And I was right. She didn't go through with it. She didn't go through with the wedding. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we also learn in this cold open that Jim, you know, we see Jim in, in Stanford for the first time. Yeah. Or not even the cold open, maybe right after. I, I think it's uh, right after. Um, well, no. Right, for a bit. right after is Michael getting uh, in trouble for calling Oscar faggy. Oh, uh, right, Toby. right. Yeah. And he goes into this whole speech about, like, you don't call your retarded friends retards. You call your friends retards because they're acting retarded or because they're friends or something like that. And I don't remember how he worded it, but I was on point. OK, um, I know PC culture is real huge and you're not allowed to say like a uh, faggy or retarded or something like that. But like me and my friends still do to a point and it's only to each other. right? We don't say it in derogatory terms to other people. And some people are like, well, you saying it at all is derogatory. But I think what me and my friends say to each other is between us. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, I understand where you're coming from. I don't personally know that I agree, but I mean, I understand where you're coming from. Sure. And I mean, we can get into it a little if you want. Um, yeah. We might not, but uh, it, it it's not too huge uh, against me. Um, I don't have any people problem calling people what they want to be called something right so like yeah i mean you know for me if you call somebody faggy to your you know your friends you say they're acting faggy you're using the word faggy as a derogatory term even if you're not calling somebody who really is gay you know even if nobody who you're using it derogatorily so in your mind it means that for sure yeah yeah and that's a fair argument um but yeah i mean i don't really want to get too much into into that but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely can see where you're coming from. That you know, like Michael, he people aren't 100 percent PC, and that's okay. I yeah, I used to use the word retarded, uh, you know, as a kid. I think that was a relatively big '90s word. Yeah, it was. I don't use that one nearly as much. But uh, a group of guys that I work with at work uh, say "fag" a lot. Uh, right. because they do it's grown on me more and so uh we i don't know we we uh bust each other's balls quite a bit so mm-hmm. but any form of labor job is pretty like that so um and then so we we move from like them and then it goes into gym and it's uh this other guy who's not named yet and he is uh he calls jim big tuna yeah yeah with first time we meet andy Oh, is that his name? Because they haven't named him yet at all. Right. Yep, not in this right. episode, at least. Or any of these episodes so far, not in one through three. Yeah, I, I don't think that they've ever used his name at that point. But yeah, he's Andy. He's Okay. Uh, and they haven't named Karen either. I think her name is Karen. Kellen Fl- Karen Flapelli. Is that correct? Yep. Yep. That's okay. Karen. I don't remember if it was you or if it was Ryan who was from, telling me. Yeah. You know. But uh, it's that FL noise, that f- Flonkerton, that Flenderson, that Flapelli. Who uh, who is the one who picks those names? Who thinks the FL is hilarious? Um, I can't remember. Ryan was saying one of the writers. I won't. Yeah, we'll have to follow up with him and see. But uh, Ryan, when you take a chance to listen to this, uh, let me know who who that FL writer is. Who thinks who thinks that one stuff? 
good. Um, but here, here's the big pickoff from this, right? He calls Big Jim Big Tuna because Jim ate a tuna sandwich on his first day of work. And that, that threw me through a fucking loop. Jim is a ham and cheese man, okay? He's always been a ham and cheese man, even when they went out to dinner at Hooters. Uh, he ate ham and cheese. He ate, According to Ryan, he ate ham and cheese every single day for lunch, right? So he goes to a new place, new job. He picks a new sandwich, and now he's a tuna man. Yeah, representative of, of the change. You know, I think it's fair to say that Jim went through, he wanted to make changes, you know, getting away from Pam, getting away to a new quote unquote job, new mm. city, new lunch. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, new city, new job, new thing like that. And it's still the same job, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, he's doing bigger volume. He's making bigger sales. Uh, he's doing more. So good for him. If he was telling the truth when he was talking to Dwight later and he's like, oh, I made 40K and Dwight lost his shit immediately, then, like, good for him, man. Yeah, higher volume city. I mean, you know, they're uh, a lot bigger than Scranton. Yeah. Uh, so we have... Then we move back into... We're doing a lot of flip-flopping in this episode where we're switching from the Scranton branch uh, and then going into the... Um, what's it called? What's the place that Jim works? Stanford? Is it the Stanford? Stanford? Yeah. Okay, so we're going from the Stanford branch back to the Scranton one and back and forth. And we're having this huge issue with Oscar being gay. Right? Dwight didn't know it. Um, st- uh well, Michael wasn't aware of it, and now that he's started outing him, because we know Michael can't keep a secret, we learned from the secret. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Michael handles that whole the whole gay thing in the worst possible way. I think he does, um, especially <laughs> from a person in management, which is just what you'd expect from Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, just kind of backtracking on that a whole little bit. You know, we've seen. Toby confronting Michael about using the term and, and Toby telling him that, you know, he really is gay. I don't really know that Toby should have disclosed that. Um, I, I think that's shame on Toby for even telling Michael that Oscar came out to him. I mean, at the end of the day, Toby should have just left it as you can't call people gay no matter what. He didn't really have to justify oh, for sure. to, to Michael. I think yeah, that caused a lot of the problems. So, you know, Michael being Michael, he destroys everybody with that. But shame yeah. on Toby for even doing it and putting that ammunition in, into Michael's hands. Yeah, he can't handle not, you know, not making it a thing. All of a sudden, he has Dwight investigating, Dwight watching, you know. Yeah, they try uh, to order Gadar. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, the Gadar, which is, you know, really funny. And a little payoff at the end of this episode as well, right? We see the payoff at the end is so yeah, good. He yeah. like te- he tests it on Oscar and he beeps. He's like, it works. Right. And then as he's moving it, it hits himself and it beeps. And he's like, oh no! Right, right. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just like a metal detector for like your zipper, or your belt. Oh or yeah, or yeah. Like that. Jim just took but that, like... you know. <laughs> thing, you know, and kind of backtracking a little bit too. And I know we're jumping all over the place, but there's. Um... When we, you know, uh, well, maybe I don't know. I want to go into the Jello. I want to make sure we we uh, talk about oh. the Jello. Oh, we, but, we definitely have to talk about the yeah. Jello. Because uh, where this is going to fall. Puts the, Jim puts Andy's calculator in Jello. That's his name. You said right, Andy. Right. He puts his calculator in Jello, and like you can see Jim's face. He's super happy about it. He, it's like a classic Dwight prank. Right. And like Jim talked about like 
uh, I think in one of the later episodes, he talked about feeling bad for all those uh, pranks against Dwight. And then he heard Dwight talk and he just gets this huge level of uh, like catharsis, like that, that great feeling of every time he pranks Dwight. And so he tries this out on Andy and Andy is not about it. He loses his fucking shit in like 10 seconds. Right. And I, I thought it was solid. I'm going to put somebody else's fucking shit in jello at work. I tell you what. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's in my. It, it's funny, and I think in a sitcom sort of fashion, but I think it also backs up the fact that Jim is just a jerk. Like, yeah, is Andy weird and you know awkward? Yeah, but did that justify taking the guy's property and putting it in Jello? And you know, no. Uh, I I, 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 hear I you. it just shows more of Jim being, you know, he's kind of a jerk. He has I'm, to have that guy he picks on, and and Andy gave him you know a good target. So this right here changed my opinion slightly, okay? And it's because um, I was 100% with you on Jim being a jerk before, but this moment changed it very slightly for me. And it's because uh, two things. One, as soon as he saw that Andy was not chill with it at all, like obviously Dwight wasn't chill with it, and there was something different about that, and I don't know what, but like everybody else in the office was, but when Andy wasn't cool with it and nobody else was cool, he backed up real quick, right? He didn't apologize. He didn't out himself or anything like that, but he backed up. He's like, mm, not uh, not cool with this crowd. I get it. Uh, the other thing is yeah, that he's a items... coward on top of it, Jared. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And uh, God hates a coward, right? Um, but the other thing on top of this is that the items that he's putting in are of relatively very cheap value, right? We're talking a one, a $2 stapler, $8 stapler max, and like a $5 calculator is what he put in there, right? He's not putting in your keyboard or your mouse. Uh, he's not putting in your desk phone. He's uh, He put in a stapler and a, uh, a calculator, stuff that's super easily replaceable with uh, less than $10. And that, for some reason, that low monetization... Um, mixes it for me where like there's a point where like don't touch my stuff that's not cool uh, me as a person I probably wouldn't be cool with this in real life I'd be like yeah haha you got me but go get me a new stapler or something because you just ruined my property right but watching this as a person from a camera and getting more invested in this show I like it more I'm getting more into it yeah and I just say that's fair that's uh, I mean I agree it's funny to watch I wouldn't want it to happen, and I don't think, you know, if you're looking at Jim as a real person, he's, if a real person did that, they'd be a jerk. Oh, for sure. Um, if he's a re- if Jim's a real person, he's an asshole, and we're right. supposed to believe he is, right? But there's that certain suspension of disbelief that happens where it's like, you know it's a show that you're watching, right? right. And it's not supposed to be, but, like, watching it, certain stuff happen on a show is uh, is way more funny than watching it happen in real life. Right. Yeah. Like, I don't like watching whole, you know real world news stories about people getting murdered, but I don't want a problem with it in a sitcom or exactly yeah, sitcom in a, in a fictional uh, right? show. In, in real world thing, I don't want to go to a crime scene and see somebody's brain matter splattered all over right. the wall, but I watch CSI every now and then. Like, come right. on. Um, so yeah, we, we see, you know, uh, Andy's reaction to it is, you know, pretty outrageous. You know, he probably overreacted, but it sets the tone for Andy that he just does not like being uh, messed with. Yeah, he he's not about it. Um, Jim back down. Didn't talk and, to. Her. 
And right before this, or right around this time, we find out that Pam didn't go through with the wedding. She talks, I think she does a talking head to the camera or something. And we see Roy's mug shot from his DUI. Yeah, right? he looks terrible. He uh, looks terrible. terrible. And then, like, during this whole episode, Pam looks terrible. She just looks like she's constantly down, like, full uh, sit in your bed with a blanket, eat pizza, and watch uh, TV shows all day depression, right? Like, never leave, light a candle to cover the stench depression. She has that face on her this whole episode, and Roy has it too, but Roy has it worse. Roy has it, like, spend all day at the gym so that I can feel something depression, you know what I mean? Right. And like, ooh, God, they, they did a good job making him look rough for this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to say that there's a story behind his mugshot. I'm trying to find it. I vaguely remember hearing something. This is where Ryan would come in handy. By the way, while I'm looking for that, we can we can keep looking through. Um yeah. You know, the, the part about them splitting all the dinners, that's funny. You know, they have to eat all of it, you know, chicken or fish for lunch for <laughs> what? I think five weeks, weeks or something. Five weeks. Five yeah. weeks of dinner. And okay. like, I, good on them. I mean, that's uh, being frugal. Um, but like, that just means you have to interact with that person every day for the next five weeks. Even yeah. though you just called off the wedding and just lost all your deposits and all that stuff. Right. Oh, God. Um, so. We know that uh, now that we know as well, because the wedding went off and Jim is in uh, the other branch in Stanford. Obviously, he didn't go on that trip or he would have said something. I know you guys told me earlier that you like we find out that he doesn't go on the trip because he doesn't talk about it. But like I was expecting some form of acknowledgement and it's nothing. There's nothing on it. I think Ryan sort of nailed that on the head. And I think they did that on purpose that, you know, he ended up just having a fun weekend and, you know, some sitting next door or something Um, yeah and he might have even transferred you know by the point of the wedding Ooh, good point it was because we don't know how much of a time gap they don't really give dates right no so like they gave a date for the wedding but we didn't know how far out that was we just had a feeling that it was coming up soon right because it was January when they did the booze cruise. And then um, I think that was the only real time that we know. Yeah, I mean, uh, we well, know it was we in June, right? The wedding Day's. was supposed to be in June. The wedding was supposed to be in June, and we know there was Valentine's Day. But they didn't have a St. Patrick's episode, uh, did they? Um, I don't no, think there was a St. Patrick's so. in season two. I know there's some later on, but I don't think there's one that we've seen already. Okay. I can check my notes real quick. but Yeah, I don't uh, see anything either, just in the chat. Okay. but Because uh, it wasn't uh, St. Patty's Day when we met Pat Todd Packer here. No, because no. it was the, the deuce on the carpet. Yeah, it was deuce on yeah. the carpet. So uh, there was that. So, like, the time frame we have is sometime between Valentine's Day and June. So February, March, April, May, June. Like, a four-month period, right? My guess is... Um, he had probably like a week from that point uh, from when he kissed Pam and then it was probably her wedding. And so he like took that week. He moved because he had to move. He's not making that commute every day. I don't assume. No, no. Right. He had to move. He had to get well, the fact that they're still that eating it. We know that it's sometime around July, June or July when season three opens. 
Yeah, uh, they don't say how right. long it's been since then either. So yeah, right. So we have the if they ended up with five weeks of food, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we know it's sometime around June, July. So well, I don't think he's been. If I remember correctly, for very long. I don't remember what episode this is from, but I remember Pam saying uh, about how many people they're supposed to be. And I think she had a guest list of close to 100 guests, right? So if we take an average of 100 and five weeks is what, uh, 35 days? Uh, so two meals per person, 3,550, and they have five weeks left. So they had, they've eaten like a week. So it's been like a week since the wedding and they have five weeks left. Yeah. Just sometime so, around June, July in the yeah. summer. But yeah, I've oh. never got the impression that Jim's been at Scranton or not Scranton at uh, Stanford very long. By the time that starts, you know, yeah. he's still learning their, you know, Call people. Right, yeah. right. Call of Duty. <laughs> they're still learning their games. He's still learning the people. I, I kind of feel like that may have been the, a really early interaction with Andy. I mean, we know that there was the tuna breath. But I, you know, I think that was like the first time they really talked. So I think it's all still relatively new. So uh, in we're back into gay uh, into gay witch hunt territory, right? Because we have like Jim and Scranton uh, part of the episode, and then we have like uh, Michael attacking Oscar rest of the episode. <laughs> and so what is it? Jan comes down, and Jan just has like a fit with Michael over this and uh, with Michael and Toby. And she's like, you got to do something. And then he's trying to like relay him. So he's like, maybe Angela's uh, gay as well. Maybe uh, Oscar and Angela are having a gay affair. Do we think he actually misses that point completely? Yes. You're talking about when Michael's talking to Jan and he says, yeah, Jan says, yeah, no, no. Yeah, he's. That's what I meant last week when I said, you know, I'm, you, you don't even really know that Michael understands what what gay is. I mean, I think he gets it to a point that it's having sex with a person of the same gender. Yeah. But I don't really think he is. I don't know how much of the everything he understands. I I don't know either. But I think we hear been... Dwight asking Toby how it works. Is that in this episode? Uh, no, that's Michael. That's Michael asks um, Oscar in this. Okay, so he's talking with Oscar and he's like trying to uh, say, I'm sorry for calling you faggy and stuff like that. And then he offers to take him out to lunch and he goes, I can take you out to lunch and you can explain to me how you do that, you with do another, that guy, to yeah. another man. And, <laughs> and Oscar's like, sure, yeah, that's a wonderful idea. I'll do that. Obviously, to just get Michael out of the way. But right. Because he mm. still doesn't want everybody to know his business. Yeah, you know, exactly. He vented to Toby. And for yep. whatever, you know, as much as we talked about last week about Toby just not doing anything with anything, for whatever reason, this was one complaint that he decided to do something about and try to talk to Michael to get it to stop. Well, because and he ends this... up making the situation worse. Yeah, because this is a complaint, complaint that like HR has to bring to the attention of it because it's a discrimination thing, right? It's one thing for Oscar to be like, "These, uh, your kid poster is stupid. I don't want to look at your kid poster," or for somebody to be like, uh, "You have bad breath" or something like that. But this is a, a sexual orientation discrimination, and like Bureau of Labor Investigation is real big against discrimination. Of yeah, I mean maybe, but you know, you by that logic, you don't think that. You know, anybody else had ever complained about Michael making racial 
thing. You don't think Kelly complained to Toby about the cookie? They, they do. They do. And that's uh, why they have, uh, uh, what is it? Diversity day yeah. training and stuff like that. They, they have stuff like that because Michael does those racist things. And then later we see the other branches are even punished from stuff Michael does. Right. And the same guy. Yeah. We see Jim sitting there with the same guy going on his spiel, which mm. I think is funny, which, um, is different than originally because they only put Michael through it. And now they're making yeah. the branches go through it too. So that's one thing that I picked up on, and I'm not 100%, because when they did uh, the other one, the only reason they had to come down was for Michael, right? right. And Michael's the only signature that they really had to get for this, right. and they made a point about that. But now he's going to another area, and the guy, I think his name is Josh, right? Uh, yeah. Josh is like, well, we have to do diversity training because of other stuff that's happening in the Scranton branch. And like when I worked at Walmart for a while, we would have to do safety training if, like in every branch or whatever. If somebody like fell and had a serious injury at work or something like that, right. we would have to redo a module or something like that on the computer. But I wouldn't like I don't think we ever would have to redo like a sensitivity training if somebody else did it right which makes me it leads me to believe that there's issues in this branch that aren't being discussed openly in the same way that they would be in Scranton yeah it, it leads me to believe that something's happening in this branch that caused the diversity dude to come down and he's just passing all the blame on to uh, Scranton yeah, exactly right. he's like oh Scranton I mean you can see Andy being kind of you know I mean, his first conversation with Jim is talking about the blonde girl and is she hot or not? Totally yeah. psycho. You know, yeah. who knows? It's very likely that he said that's somebody else and they lodged a complaint and that's, you know, he has his own problems. Very easily. He does sit right next to that other <clears throat> Karen, right? And if you're making uh, comments like that all the time, people are going to get offended. Right. Um, yeah, we learn a couple things. So I think we spoiled something for you too and I noticed when I was rewatching. Um, this is where we learned that Phyllis is getting married to Bob Vance. I know we had mentioned it before because I thought it was already common knowledge, but it, it I don't think it became common knowledge till just now. You know, and yeah, no, I uh, I thought that they were already married. I didn't know that they were just like boyfriend and girlfriend. I yeah. thought that they mm -hmm. were uh, married already, and then she said that, and I was like, oh shit, I didn't uh, I didn't know. Right. So yeah, I really up to this point, if it wasn't have been spoilers, we didn't know that they were even dating. They just, we just, now we know that they're engaged from zero to nothing, right? Yeah. Uh, like, well, I thought, like I said, I thought they were already married because he, uh, he doesn't treat her like a, like a married man in a sitcom normally was. He kind of dotes on her. And that's, uh, I guess that's more of like the today society, right? Where like, uh, your partner continues to dote on you normally and that's like a normal thing getting your partner stuff sending them you know lunch or something like that telling them to have a good day where like in uh, in back in like pre-2010 era it was all like no oh, don't talk to me woman god i hate my wife stuff like that uh media and that's oh yeah no we did know that they were dating you're right because of valentine's day and all the sending of the flowers yeah 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 valentine's we day they were dating, but now we know that they're engaged yeah so okay. i had thought that they were just married the whole time and he was just a very loving husband Right. Um, I didn't even check her last name, so. Yeah, Phyllis. Uh, Phyllis Vance. Phyllis's, well, yeah, now it is. But what is <laughs> Phyllis's original name? That's a good question. I don't even know if they even said it. it oh, is yeah, the other Michael. thing you hear, Michael and Phyllis knew each other in high school. That's a, a fun yep. thing that kind of 
Um, you know, we see that a few more times, but that's a good connection. Uh, it is Michael's job to sort out 100,000 years of being weirded out by gay dudes. Yeah. And, and he chooses to sort this out by having Dwight watch gay porn at his desk right? Uh, openly, which is horrible. Nobody wanted that. Um, I don't know why Dwight chose that. That one doesn't make sense to me. Like, I get that Dwight's mission was to, like, find a way, if you can tell if somebody's gay just by looking at them, and the easiest way to find gay dudes is by gay porn is the only association I can make here. But, like, you're just going to have it on loudly at your desk? Yeah, I don't know what his logic there was if he was thinking that people would come watch and that means they're gay. You know, the ones that were interested in it. I don't, or, I don't uh, know. Or, you know, I don't know if it was bait or if he was just trying to study, you know, gay people's habits so that he can, you know, learn, <laughs> you know, who knows what's going on in his head. But, but yeah, he thought it was a good idea to put on some, some, uh, broke back mountain. Yeah. The, the other thing I wanted to touch on real quick is the hundred thousand years, right? Michael has this idea that, uh, people have been weirded out by gay dudes for like, all of eternity when in reality it's just more of like general society today right like you look back at like ancient roman cultures ancient greek cultures ancient indian cultures yeah it's mostly uh, christians I yeah mean, it's mostly like down to it, it's your parents and christians who started having a problem with homosexuality it's always been a fairly common thing in most historical societies it's really just that whole king james version of the bible um since that became popular yeah, exactly. And that's um it's really weird to think that like we have a piece of uh, what I would say popular media, right? Uh you could call the Bible popular media by a lot of people's standards. Right. Um and it like makes people believe that people were weirded out by gays for all of eternity. Right. right? And that that for me is one hit of like Michael being raised by his grandma again. These old world weird views that are like uh very 50s or prior. I don't know. For me, that ties in, in my mind. Yeah, I mean, you know, he was born in the, in the, um, I mean, what, Michael's 44, I think, 45-ish. So he was born, 40, like so he's born somewhere in the late, late 60s, early 70s. Okay, so he was born around the time where Creed was doing chicks in the mud, all right? right. And that dude may have slipped in there. There's right. really yeah, no not, way of knowing. Yeah, that's another, that's a great quote you see constantly, you know, different situations. People use that one in the groups, too. You'll see that. People seem um, to throw that in even when it doesn't make any sense. They just, right. uh, there's a lot of quotes in this show where people will just throw into any situation. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, just to say, hey, I watched The Office. If you get it, you get it. Yeah. Um. What else does he we want to talk? Oh, the gay kiss. I mean, can we just talk about how messed up Michael is that he wants to, that that's his solution. And bravo for Oscar for telling him it's, I, I don't want you, man. Like, yeah, no, I was, I was a hundred percent on board. This had, um, this had Kelly slapping Michael vibes all over it, right? Right. From right. Uh, from Diversity Day, where he's like, "Oh, you give me your cookie, your cookie," and then she slaps the shit out of him. Okay, and for me, uh, Oscar t- pushing him off and being like, "Maybe you don't know, understand. I don't want to touch you. I don't want you." Right. And Michael shuts down at the idea that somebody doesn't like him or doesn't want to be his friend and stuff. And Oscar should have ended it there. Really, he should have ended it there. And then he yeah, didn't. Yeah, but he, he feels bad for him. 
Yeah, he so came he back. And happen. He gives him the he gives him the inch, and Michael takes the mile and tries to kiss him. And then out of nowhere, Dwight tries to kiss him as well. Right, right. <laughs> Dwight just followed Michael. Yeah. Yep. And the, it's uh I mean, he got a car out of it. He got a car and three months paid vacation out of it. Right, right. And they still, Michael still didn't understand that. Gil, his living roommate, is most likely his boyfriend. Yeah, that that was fucking icing on the cake. He's like, Gil, his uh, roommate. Wonder if he knows. Yeah, right? I wonder if he knows that Oscar's gay. Right. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think, there, um, sorry, what were we about to? I think Oscar getting the car and stuff like that was the end of the episode. Yeah, pretty like... much. We learned that you know he's leaving for, so we don't see Oscar for a little bit. You know, he's on his his three month vacation and he's got his car. Yep. And do we know what car he gets? Do we see that in later episodes or something? <clears throat> you know, I um, I just don't know. Okay. Because uh, I, I know we I see Michael's car. Cars, but yeah, we can. We'll right. keep our eyes open on this view. We see Michael's car, the Sebring. We see uh, Dwight's car, the old Trans Am, which is fixed, by the way, from when he ran it into that pole. Right. Um. Uh, and I think that's the only two cars that we know. I don't remember what Jan's car looks like. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we see it for a second today. And we've seen it before. You know, we saw it when it was in the parking lot. Uh, when she got out of the taxi cab and went to it. I can't remember yeah. what kind of car it was. But yeah, we saw it. Yeah, we've seen some of them. But I think we know the key ones there. Michael Sebring and then Dwight's. Uh, Trans Am. Yeah. It's either uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a Trans Am. There's a, a one one later on that becomes important in Xterra, but you'll see that. So, into, so yeah, episode two. Yeah, we we have this cold open where Michael decides that he wants a baby, right? And he had done this before. He was talking with Toby, right? And he, I think this is around Bring Your Daughter to Work Day, right? Yeah, and he's talking with Toby about having a kid, and he's like uh, doing that. And he's like, "You could adopt," and Michael was against it. He's like, "Or I could have it naturally." And now Michael seems to have changed his mind, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna adopt. I'm gonna adopt a Chinese baby." And he asks um, Pam to figure out all the details for him, and she tells him she's like, "Just the application's like a thousand dollars, and it's an eight month waiting period." And he's like, mm, "That's a uh, find me a cheaper baby." Also, I don't know if I want a kid in eight months. So again, this puts us really. Really big thing that should not be in Pam's hands or in Pam's basket of problems to have to deal with. But she's got to convince her boss not to try to adopt a Chinese baby because he would just be an absolute disaster. He would be. And like father at this point in his life. It would be a uh, it'd be a huge thing if Pam adopted the ability to be like, "Hmm, Michael, I think that's a personal task. I think that's not work related. Yeah. but honestly, probably half the stuff that she does is just personal tasks for Michael and isn't work-related. Right. Right. Because, I mean, honestly, even in the 90s, most of her job could be automated. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have nowadays with, the uh, like, IVRs, where it's just, like, it records your message or it sends you to the person that you want to talk to specifically. Right. And, God, do I hate those. I, I tell you so, so much. A company can keep my business so much quicker if they just put a goddamn person on that phone. And I just go, hey, I'd like to pay my bill. And they go, cool, here's the department. And they ship me off. I love it. 
I love it. I hate having to tell a computer recording like 90% of my details and shit only for it to get it wrong and stuff. So I'm very yeah, I'm right there with you. It, well, and it depends. If it's a really good quality IVR, which there isn't a lot of them, but some companies have them, I don't mind it. But if it's a bad one that doesn't work right and doesn't understand and doesn't get you, you know, fuck. Or if it doesn't let me easily bypass, you know, the ones that let you hit zero and just speak to a person. Yeah, I haven't paid my gas bill in two months because um, my gas company's <laughs> IVR. Yeah, I, I can't stand the IVR. Like, it's built in such a way that I can, literally can't get to it. I cannot get to the area to pay my bill. It keeps rerouting me to the beginning. And so I called them, and I'm like, hey, I want to pay my bill over the phone. I cannot pay it through your IVR. And they're like, we can't accept payments over the phone. And I'm like, cool, then you're not getting your money. That's uh, Yeah, that's pretty crazy that their agents can't accept any kind of payments over the phone at all. Yeah. Um, I'd be, you know, I mean, we try to encourage people to use our IVR, but, you know, and we threaten to charge a fee if you want to use an agent, but we'll waive it if you bitch now. I, I hear that. Most companies will. Almost everybody will. And there's other companies that I can call and just be like, hey, I'd like to pay through the phone. And they're like, cool. And then just accept my money. Like, why is it getting harder to get people to accept your money? Right. You know, I guess the difference is, well, with the gas company, though. You need them. You need their services. They don't need your money. That's true. I do. Like need mine is the other way around. Like we've already let you the money. You spent the credit card. Now <laughs> we want our money back. So we should. You know, we're nice. We'll do whatever. Yeah. But the gas. They're like, oh, they'll just turn you off. At least yeah. here in Ohio, they will if you go certain past. Yeah. Uh, so Pam and Michael make a pact that they'll have kids if they haven't had kids in 30 years. And we just know Michael bought a house and he's in his 40s. So he'll be, what, 70? And Pam's probably in her uh, early 30s, is my guess. So she's going to be 60. So uh, that's not going to happen. No, no. And I think that's why Pam agreed to it, you know, at that point. Because I think it goes, what, 10, 20, 30? Yeah, yeah. Agree. Yeah. So she agrees to a time period where, well, they're both single and don't have kids, I guess. Mm. We'll try. Why not? <laughs> you might be dead. Uh, and then, so uh, Dwight is going with Michael to this office supply convention. That's exactly what this is, right? It's like a bunch of dudes trying to tell them that, like, hey, these paper clips are better than those paper clips. Come buy our paper clips, right? Yeah, it's a vendor. It's a vendor convention, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which is a cool idea. I get it. It makes sense. But God, does it seem so like weird? It just seems weird. I, it makes a hundred percent sense, and I get it again. But it just seems weird to have somebody be like, "Ah, oh, man, you really got to try this new like forty letter weight or forty weight thickness letter stock. This is uh, so much better than the other one. The particle counts like twelve hundred compared to the old eleven uh, forty or something, right? Like, you know well, well, don't confuse them with you know they're selling to the salesman. That's true. That's true. So they're selling to the you know the vendors that are at this event are are wanting to you know sell their product on mass to these distributors like you know Scranton or Mifflin yeah. and carry their product line as a thing. So uh, and I think there's others. I think it kind of goes both ways. That you know Dunder Mifflin's there too, trying to to make deals with other vendors, better deals or cheaper deals. You know, just a, a paper sales convention of all. Things I'm sure there's people from the mill there too. Well, I know we have people from Hammer Mill there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Uh, Which gets us to another great Michael moment of just, fuck you, Jay, look at me. Uh, It does, and he's so nonchalant about it, too. (laughs) This was was one of my favorite Michael moments, where he's like, he's so pissed off that that Jan's, like, against him, and everybody else is in meetings, and, um, you know, Jim's not with him anymore, he likes the other boss more, and then they're getting together, and they're like, Michael, we can't go to your party or whatever, right? We have meetings to go to. And he's like, oh, fine, whatever. Uh, well, we can carry uh, hammer mail products. They're like, they're exclusive with Staples. And he's like, yeah, well, I'll hash the details out with the guy in the morning, but we got the exclusivity away. We can now sell hammer mail products. And I'm like, hot damn, dude, that's huge. Imagine right. just like undercutting an entire thing like Staples. Like Michael has to be a fucking god of uh, sales in there in order to convince a distributor to take away an exclu- an exclusive product with a company as big as Staples. Yeah, with a company as huge as Staples, right? You don't have the uh, you don't have the Dunder <coughs> Mifflin Expo Center, but you do have the Staples Center, right? Right. right. Like, god damn. Yeah. And you know, Staples is national nationwide. <laughs> Dunder Mifflin is still at best regional, you know, maybe multi-state, but still, you know, regional part of the United States. They're not. Yeah, Dunder Mifflin is like Midwest. Right. Um, Midwest to West Coast, I think. That's about it. Yeah, I I don't even know if they go down to the West Coast. I think it's just really Ohio, Pennsylvania, maybe a little bit into New York. Um, I think Maine, we know about just that that whole kind of Okay, so like uh, upper northeast. Right. Um, Yeah, like... Oof. So not even a big right, right. God, so just imagine the fucking balls of that. Just like, oh yeah, I'll take some of that. I'll take some of that exclusive paper from Staples over. Right. Which apparently, you know, and what's funny is Hammer Mill is a real paper product. Yeah, they are. They, 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 um, that's just a, a cool little tie-in. Makes you wonder how much Hammer Mill had to pay to get that little drop in, you know, in the office at the time. Um, that's a great little, question. Little product placement. They probably had a decent amount. Right. Um, But we also get... uh, So we get two things out of Angela in this, okay? We get the fact that Dwight calls her monkey, which is adorable. And then we get the uh, the slow train to Philly, which I thought was a play on Phyllis and her calling Phyllis a whore. But no, it's just like some phrase that they said for being a slut or something like that. Right, right. And you'll see people using that on, on the groups a lot. That's another fan favorite line. Um, so is the monkey and the D. Oh, we kind of talked about those, those last episode. Oh, yeah. Um, the... Monkey is a funny one, just not to get too much into Facebook politics, but for all the members out here, Facebook actually registers when you say monkey to somebody as a racial terminology. Um, oh, that makes sense. And it classifies it as hate speech or um, bullying. Uh, all right, so because Facebook of the old connotations of monkey, right, right, yeah, right. Pam has a date now. Oh God, the cartoonist, yes, yeah, the cartoonist, and it, the date is terrible. We can skip ahead and talk about it, but like this date is awful. He is he, like the most monotone, flat-faced dude. He's just like, oh yeah, I, sometimes I dream them, and she's like, oh, you dream in cartoons? That's crazy. And he's like, yeah. And then just like draws random shit, and he's like, "Oh, you're gonna have your eggs or something." I don't remember what he says, but he's like, "You get, you gotta not be so edgy in your cartoons anymore." Yeah, the whole and, freedom uh, fries thing. Freedom fries—that's what it is. Yeah, yes, yeah, that was popular at that time. 
I can't even remember what it was about. Something the friends did. Okay, it's it's got to be <clears throat> something hyper specific to that time period. Yeah, I look at it really and I'm was. like, I have no idea what's going on. It was but politically she... remotivated, uh, renaming French fries in the United States in 2003. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um. Uh. They. God, there was a bunch Probably of things. September 11th. Yeah. Yeah. There was. Uh. They just didn't like lot. some of our stuff that we did. You know, after 911. Or didn't matter. I mean, you know. Yeah. But so she's talking about going on the date, right? And Phyllis and uh, Kelly are like, you should order the most expensive thing on the menu to show him that you're worth it. And she's like, ooh. And then they stop and they go, but then you, or I think it was Stanley. He goes, but if you do that, you're going to have to put out. Right. right. And then Phyllis <laughs> is like, oh, well, yeah. yeah, you'll definitely have to put out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that, that's a that's a classic thing that goes back and is still happening today, right? The yeah. idea that there's like two sides of the menu, right? There's the uh, this is a date side and there's the we're sleeping together after side. And yeah. I don't remember which comedian had a whole bit about it, um, but there was one that I was listening to years ago and he had a whole bit about like, if you order from this side of the menu, we're sleeping together, okay? that's Those are the rules. Those are third date orders. Exactly, yeah, right? Yeah. Like... Um, and it's it's such an interesting social construct that uh, that we still have that goes like there and that so many people agree with at the same time, like understand and agree with as if it's like a normal accepted part of society. But if you call them out on it, they're almost 100 percent against it. You know what I mean? Which is funny. When I plan my dates, I I know that when I'm going into account, you know, like if I'm mm -hmm. taking somebody to, you know, on a first date, I'm not. uh I'm not trying to take them to Outback or, you know, somewhere super where they could order something $50. We're going to, you know, Dave and Buster's where the most expensive item on the menu is like a $15 burger. I uh, hear you. You know, uh, I have... later on, but <laughs> well, I'm getting to know you. I don't, I'm not spending a lot of money on you. For sure. Um, I have been lucky enough that I haven't had to pay a full date um, in, I want to say, over 10 years, right? I've been married to my wife for uh, nine years now. We've been together for, I want to say, 12 or 13 years now. Um, and so, like, we, we split bills. She'll pay sometimes. I pay sometimes. But I will still use this joke. And she'll be like, mm, thinking about getting this if we're out at, like, a fancy dinner. And I'm like, babe, if you get that, we're having sex when we get home. Okay, you have to put out. You can't just order, <laughs> like, $40 items off the menu. Right. right. Hey, <laughs> keeping it, uh, keeping it fresh. Exactly. Right. But, uh, it's, it's solid. And I don't know, uh, nowadays, like, even though I, I know I've been married for so long, so my opinion doesn't, uh, work as well in the current dating scene, but like, I think we're in a much more progressive dating scene now, at least listening from my other friends where it's not always dude pays the whole thing. There's some traditional women like that, but a lot more times it's like going Dutch on coffee or something like that, right? You go and you show up at a place and you each order your own thing and then you sit and talk it out. Right. Or group dates, I think, is pretty popular these days. In fact, we do even kind of see a group date later, later, later on, because it's, you know, late 2000 well, at that point. Yeah, we see a group date now, though. It's like uh, her and the dude go out with Kelly and Ryan, and Kelly and well, Ryan yeah, are cringy as, uh, yeah. as they are. Yeah, yeah. 
don't know. That. In group date, uh, I'm thinking more of a, an actual large group where people go, you know, with their whole group of friends and everybody knows it's just how these two girls, you know, these two can talk, but uh, gotcha. that kind of happens too. But anyway. No, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I've been a part of those. I've been one of the couples in there. Like it's been like one of my wife's friends and then a new boyfriend prospector. Right. Right. And then it's like us and another set of like friends that are there and we're all there together at like a bar or something. Right. And everybody knows that you're all there just for these two to hang out and get to know each other. Yeah. And then uh, we'll have a good time to do mediation work or something if you need. Yeah. I'm very weird when it comes to, to dating, you know, I don't, uh, we're all equal. Um, I mean, if I invite you out, I'll pay for it. But at some point, if we're just hanging out, you know, we're dating, it starts becoming on you. I, I hear you. Um, Toby finds out that Pam is uh, like single. Right. Right. And we remember from, I want to say it's like season one, episode two or three, uh, Pam's like, I always thought Toby was kind of cute or something like that. Right. Right. And it's just like a real quick line. But I don't know if Toby knows this. Do you think Toby doesn't know this? Okay. Because Toby's going to try and shoot his shot, dude. Yeah. He's going to try to, but he's like a nervous wreck. So he goes, he walks up to her and tries to talk. And then he's like, oh, I just forgot. And then, like, his face is blushing and is, like, twitching his hands and stuff. God, he, he looks like a kid who got called on to speak in the front of the class and, like, and just has a boner sitting under his desk. And he's like, it's okay. I'm not going to go up there. Um, And then just jumping back out of that, you know, see that the end of the day, I don't, you know, we know it doesn't end well. Pam acknowledges that it doesn't end well. Yeah, she but good her for her for getting up. out there and, you know, starting. We jump back to Michael's party sort of being you know, sad. Oh, it is sad. And nobody, you know, nobody's there. Um, Mm -hmm. We do see something kind of cool. I think, you know, uh, Jimmy even showing up to the party. I didn't put that in my notes, but that is another thing that, like, Jim misses Michael. Jim misses Michael White. And he shows up to Michael's party. You know, he talks him up for a second. This, uh, Jim doing this is the same energy that Pam had in that Chili's. Right where Michael's getting shit on, and he's got to like step in and save him for a second. Right. It was the same at Jim's party when Michael's tried to do that duet by himself, and he got up and helped him. Right, and like Jim yeah, does I mean, ask even pranks. no matter how you feel about somebody, I mean it's hard to not develop familiarity with them when you see them every day, whether you you whether they annoy you every day or not. When you don't oh, see yeah. them, then you, then you miss it because you're just used to it. Uh, yeah. I, I definitely think. Plus, I, I I think that he likes Michael as a human being. You know, well, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I think he does. But he doesn't hate him as a human being. Let's put it that way. I I would consider Jim an asshole with a solid gold pucker. Hooray. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I call Jim an asshole, I don't <laughs> want anybody walking away thinking I hate Jim. I certainly don't. I just think that call it as you see it. There's definitely some asshole traits. And we've said this before in all of them, too. I mean, and I think that's what The Office is really good at, was portraying just how realistic, you know, we all have those character flaws. I got a, I got a dude at my work, and he is bad at his job. That's the nicest way of putting it. He is bad at his job, 
and uh, he's only there because he fills two of those three employable triangle traits. I don't know if you've ever seen that thing, but it's like there's three things you need to be employed. You need to show up every day. People need to like you, and you need to be good at your job, and you sure. only have to accomplish two of those to stay employed, right? He shows up every day, and a bunch of people like him because he's like a sweethearted person, but right. God, he is bad at his job. Right. And um, this this hits that same energy levels. Right. He he's nice and he he shows up and he's just really not good at it. It's the same with like Michael right here. Right. Michael is not good at doing his party. People don't like him, but he's there every day and he does a good job at that uh, at his Scranton branch. You know what I mean? Yeah, he pulls out enough. You know, he, he's if I was picturing Michael on that triangle, it's like at any one time he's always teetering on not having two of those. Yeah. Either not being liked enough or not being uh, good enough. But he always manages to pull just some enough out of one of them, yeah. Um, where he he gets the saving moment, and then uh, and then they flash those black lights, and there's just like splooge everywhere, just like shots yeah. on the wall, on the bed, and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, what is that? And he's like, it's either blood, urine, or semen. And Michael goes, God, I hope it's urine. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the best option. The only problem I have with some of these is that some of them, like a hundred percent, look like somebody took a rag, soaked it, and then just splatted it on the wall. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I really don't think people are coming in the walls on the hotel regularly. I mean, maybe. Uh, I mean, not on the wall. You know, it's that's. I think in a hotel mostly on the sheets, like no doubt. Yeah. Uh, on that note, what else do we got in episode two? That's, the, that's the end of the episode. Um, yeah, I mean, we see the little bit of the conversation between Michael and Jim, which I liked. I think there was some, you know, we learned that Michael finally learns why Jim left. Instead of thinking it's about him, he knows that it's because of the whole thing with Pam. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to go talk to her about it. He's like, right, I'll talk to right. Pam about it. You know, What's funny is Jim right. already knew that Pam had called off the wedding. And, and I've always kind of wondered how Jim knew that, uh, that, that Pam had called off the wedding. We don't really ever find out, but it's an interesting tidbit. The other thing I wanted to mention, too, is I think this is the first time Kelly is really Kelly. This is the Kelly that we have for the rest of the season, where she's the super dressy, you know, that's Kelly now with the pinks and the bright colors and the whole very different than how she was in the first season where she's just, you know, very buttoned up. In like season one, Kelly is almost not there. Right, she's in like a couple seconds and a couple episodes, right. and that's really it. In and she's very timid, two, and she's very you know quiet when she is. I mean, the cookie thing—how far he had to push her to get a reaction. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't know if you remember her dress or her hairdo, but she was very just stereotypical uh, office clothing at that point. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't remember. It was probably rather bland. Yeah, and then it was very bland. We have Chatterbox Kelly. Right. Right. And uh, that's her defining feature. And now moving forward to season three, uh, in the third episode, we get like fashion show at lunch, Kelly. Right. 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 And so that Kelly character is like really developing over the time. And I don't know if it's necessary development or if it's just like character, like fitting, right. You're trying to fit that square peg into that round hole and you're hoping that it'll fit right. Yeah. And we're, we're just trying to rotate it until we can get it to like this shape that we really want it. Just shaving those edges off. Yeah. Which I think is realistically what happened in the real world world, you know, real world. I've always had headcanon that 
um, Ryan and Kelly together is bad. Uh, yeah. Both of them separate away from each other are decent people. But you get the two of them and they, they're just fire and gasoline to each other and bring out some of the worst qualities in both. And we'll kind of see that getting a lot more uh, as their relationship goes on. But definitely in this season, you'll start to see a lot of it. Yeah, uh, I agree. I don't think they're good together. I don't know why they're still together. Um, the only thing I can think of, right, is because Ryan made his intentions very clear. He's like, I don't want kids. I wasn't interested in this relationship, really. I kind of just want to have sex and, like, just leave it at that. And Kelly's like, no, nah, I want a kids. I want a car. I want a house. You know, I want all this stuff. And they're still together, even though they have these completely opposite ends. And so... I see one of two things. It's either that whatever Kelly is giving Ryan is so good that he's not willing to leave it alone. Right. Or um, Ryan is kind of a pushover and Kelly is just going to push him into whatever she wants. I'm going to refrain because there's a lot there to this land. Right. Of, of... <laughs> Landmines. About, and stuff. Yeah. Right. It's like, All right. Uh, All right. No, I'm just going to navigate away from there. So we're we're in episode three, and we start off with Movie Monday. Right. And uh, Movie Monday was a cool idea because they had to do all these training videos and all that stuff, too, and they just decided to keep it. And I'm fine with that. Like, Jan hates it because they're like, well, what are you doing? He's like, well, they have to work harder after all the time they lost. But, um, but there's some gem moments in this, okay? The fact that Pam makes, like, nine things of popcorn and nobody wants any except, what is it, Dwight in the front row? Right. Um, so you would think she would have figured out that nobody wants any by now the fact that Angela hates it of course Angela hates it Angela hates everything that's fun um, and then the fact that uh, Kevin is giving the previously on and he gets up there and he like does it all drama-ish and stuff he does a great job like shout outs to uh, Brian Baumgartner for that that's uh, his actress name right yeah. Yep. Okay. So shout outs to him. Like that, that sold it for me. I was all about it. Yeah. He was, uh, th- that whole, that whole opening is, is, is just great. You know? Uh, um, I don't uh, know why Jan hates it as much either. You know, I think, uh, in a lot of corporate worlds, that's a fairly common thing to have a period on company time once a week to decompress, um, your agents, you know, your associates. I know yeah. that's the thing with my company and is pretty standard that, you know, every team has, you know, not long half hour, 45 minutes, once a week of some kind of fun activity, you know, whether that's uh, just chatting around or whether that was lunch, you know, it went in person or virtual. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, playing games online or something weird like Pictionary or Entourage. <clears throat> yeah. So they talk about watching Entourage and I don't know if this is an old show. It has to be right. Cause the only Entourage I know of is like the show that came out on like Showtime or HBO very on recently. TV. Yeah. Uh, on TV. So I don't know if it's a remake or something or what is old school Entourage. Are you aware of it is? It's an MTV show, a reality show about, you know, dude and his Entourage, like some famous celebrity music shit, you know, it was okay. an MTV like show, like Road World, but just following a group of friends, all oh. the stereotypical rich, cool, pretty guys, you know, and some of their drama about dating. You know, it was an empty, a very MTV show. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, I'll have to, I'll maybe find a clip or something of it. Oh. Um, but we know what the uh, Stanford branch's um, like cool down period is. It's Call of Duty. 
right. this is where we get into the Call of Duty arc, which I feel like this is going to become an arc, right? Because like not only was it something for this episode, I feel like this is going to be a continuing thing. And I might be wrong, but I don't think I am. I think this is going to continue, especially with the hand grenade thing at the end of the episode, which was super cute. Yeah, it's definitely it's a, it's a it's a fun moment. It's a good way to introduce uh, him to his first real interaction with Karen. Mm. You know, and she even uh, about you know how cute she's not talking about his character when she's talking about how cute he is standing up in the corner trying to to shoot jumping over the wall. You know, yeah, she's talking about real Jim there and that whole scene where she you know helps him turn around and then shoots him is mm-hmm. uh, very reminiscent of a. Uh, of a young girl on a playground smacking a guy it or, is. A, or, or a guy's, you know, smacking a girl. Cause he's, these he two are going to date. Yeah. Yeah. These, these two are going to date hands down. I guarantee it. I'm calling it now. Okay. First episode, there's chemistry. There's little uh, things before, right? Like he had, uh, he had his little stuff with Pam and, um, and that didn't work out. And uh, Karen, Karen seems to be about it. She's picking up whatever signals that he may or may not even be putting down. Doesn't look like he is. Right. He, it kind of just seems like he's there and she's just digging on it. Right. These two are going to date and they're going to date quick. I'm going to say, by episode six, maybe seven at the max, they're going to go out on a first date. Okay. Um. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if it's too much of a spoiler to confirm that they do start dating. Okay. So, but they do. They do. I'm right on that. Yeah, they do start. Dating. Okay. That uh, I, like I said, I, I see it coming, so I wouldn't say it's too much of a spoiler. Yeah, I don't but... really even think it's very long. I, I want to say it's probably possibly four. It's it's next week for sure. Oh, is it? Okay, sick. Are they cute together? Um, yeah. You know, I. That's another one of the things that you'll see a lot of heated debates about. Um, you know whether whether he's good with or Karen or not. I I think he was. And I kind of think that Karen probably was a better fit if, you know, you were to pick, which two people would go well together. But that's not how love works. So. That's true. Um, right. Yeah, I mean they, they're cute together, and it's it's real rough though because like even now with the gaydar and um, with uh, Dwight's hooker, right? Which we missed uh, talking. Yeah, about we it. didn't really talk about that much, but yeah, he, yeah. he breaks into he tries to pull off one last prank on on Dwight, and we uh, that the D. That's where we first learned that she calls him D. Mm-hmm. She's like, um, D? Yeah, yeah. and he thinks he's ordered a hooker and he's like, oh, I got to tell. And then he's about to say Pam and like stops himself. And he's like, right. I got to tell somebody. Right. And so uh, we well, know. Like, I, to tell, so. I don't think he ever really does tell anybody. I I guess not. But like, that's rough, man. Like he, Pam, him and Pam were such good friends, right? That he still wants to hang out. He still wants that connection. Right. And I think he's really looking for that. He's in a he's in a big rebound. He didn't get broken up with, but he might as well have. Right. He's yeah. emotionally broken up with for sure. You know, he he was invested in that relationship, um, mm. more than a friend. But yeah, so let's, you know, for tendonitis, that's a cute moment to. Uh, how they used to mess with Dwight, and you know, they, <laughs> Pam made up the pretendonitis. Yeah. Uh, the fashion show launch. Yeah, so Pam gets uh, these new clothes, right? And they look nice. And Creed uh, tells her that they look nice, too, after she's wearing them. He just walks up to the desk, and she's like, Creed, can I help you? He's like, no, I'm just looking. 
Yeah, yeah. She's we all staring know like a Pam's chest. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and she's like, you can go back to your desk. He's like, no, nah, I'll be a second. And so she changes back out of her clothes. Uh, but this is this is huge because uh, this is the episode where Dwight goes over Michael's head, right? Yeah, he, that's where I wanted to spend the most time because this is so contrary to everything we know about Dwight at this point. You know, he's always is. been Michael's um, right hand up his butt doing whatever. And then the moment he thinks, you know, he gets a woman behind him who convinces him that he can make a power move. Mm-hmm. And he goes full force into this, right? Yeah. He uh, he psychs himself up. He gets all into it. He uh, stops Jan and he talks to her and he's like, I can do this. I can save the branch. I'm going to cut the fat. We're going to up sales. We're going to, and he like, he doesn't really talk about any plan. He just really nervously shuffs pancakes into his mouth, right. which he is really uncomfortable in this conversation. And has already significantly creeped her out because he knows too much about her and things that he should not know. Yeah, he's Where like... Where uh, and what kind of, you know, tops issue. Things that, you know, you may expect another woman co-worker that you are friends with to notice that kind of stuff. And you guys have a, you know, but for just some random guy that you barely have any contact with to know mm-hmm. where you shop and... What kind of boss like you buy? That's, that's and... creepy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really creepy. So he has this huge creep factor. And then on top of that, he's acting like a nervous wreck. He's right. just shoveling food into his mouth in front of her. And he's talking about how he can do this. And this is this is real weird because it's like really conflicting with Dwight's character. And we can see that through his actions right. because like he's loyal to Michael, right? To a fault. And then he's not. And I don't know if this is Angela pushing him or him pushing him. Like, it feels like Angela um, because she literally tells him to do it, right? Yeah, I think it's largely Angela really pushing it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Dwight's character, even this early on, has always wanted to be manager, you know? So I think you see that through him wanting to be assistant regional manager. You know, his his character is he wants to be in charge. I don't know that without Angela pushing him um, to do it that he would have really turned against Michael in that way. But and especially since I think it doesn't help that we know at this point that Jan is probably out to get Michael. Um, uh, she might be, but she has like more respect for Michael because she calls and tells him. Right? Yeah. She's like, I guess told me that... yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, she has I honestly think cool. that she would just rather deal with Michael than the creepy Dwight. That's um, and if it had been, you know, if Jim had had that conversation with her, that could have probably played out very, very differently. But, but yeah. Dwight's just creepy. It so, came out very creepily. He came out real creepily. But here's the weird thing, right? Uh, Michael lets Jim, or Dwight pretend that he uh, yeah. like, <clears throat> he asks him like he like stares into his teeth and he's like what's your dentist's name and he's yeah, like Crentist yeah. he's like Crentist that sounds a lot like dentist he's like well that's maybe why he became a dentist mm-hmm. which I see that quoted in a lot of places right um, and then he offers him candy he does the whole trick about the, the cement drying time yeah and then he's letting Dwight dig this hole. That's he is, you know, he's setting him up. He's giving him the shovel. He's giving him the dirt, and he's pointing him in the direction of, you know what, bury yourself. And he but, lets him. I mean, he, he he lets him go for a while. Here's the thing I wanted to touch on the most: the moment Dwight gets this power, Dwight levels up. 
Okay, Dwight goes Super Saiyan. He like he gets filled with power, and all of a sudden it was him. It was his idea. He's gonna do it. He's like you can see it building in him. He's like yeah, and he just gets like more and more full of himself to the point where Angela's like we can do this, and he's like we. <laughs> don't make me laugh or something like that and then uh she hates it but she loves it right. she he even says something like i should be in control of all the women or something right. like that and she's, she's like, like she has goodbye, this kelly kapoor yeah she has this mixture of like disgust and arousal in right. her face at the same time and i don't know if that's what the like direction that they gave her but if so she pulled that off you know i think it bounces back to what we talked about before with hers that she you know she's a little freak she is and she like she wanted that strong man to be with right that strong uh like uh patriarch to take care of her and stuff and then he like turned on her and he's like demeaning her is more and she's like god this is so hot for me so like she's she's getting what she wants basically fired him because he left the party. This sounds like some Dunder Mifflin shit. Right. And that's what he actually got the lawsuit for was wrongful termination because they terminated him because he didn't want a birthday party. Good. Good for him. Good for uh, like getting that. But the way the headlines all read it, it's, you know, they, they, they make it like, you know, crazy. Same They're going to sensationalize it as much as years can. ago. Hot coffee, you know, she gets a million dollars. Yeah, well, you forget <laughs> to say that that coffee was almost 40 degrees hotter than it should have been. That coffee burned her so bad and that it melted plastic. Together. Right, yeah. right. You know, melted yeah. plastic onto her. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was ridiculous. They gave her basically a cup of boiling water. So, And she was wearing gym clothes that, you know... When mm-hmm. it, it gym clothes are more plasticky because of the sweat, you know. Uh, yeah, no, it was a it, it was melted a those, that, that plastic to her skin. Yeah, and McDonald's have received uh, a lot of complaints about the hot, uh, heat of their coffee for a long time too. Right. So, right. uh, but getting getting back into the episode, yeah, so, I'm gonna do, you know, white power trip. Doing we talk of specifics, he doesn't like Michael's car. Um, it kills Michael. Yeah, this is yeah, what I yeah. wanted to bring yeah, up. Like, why Michael loves the Sebrings, but he does. He shit talks the Sebring, and Michael takes personal offense yeah. to this. He's like, "Take it back, yeah. take it back. This is my car," and he gets upset, like physically, personally upset at he, this. And it's it, the it, thing that pushes him over cool. the edge to to come back out with, "I know, I know." Yeah, you and let's then, attend. <sighs> And Dwight immediately, like, grovels. He turns from, like, this big, powerful, <laughs> macho man to, like, this little, uh, to this little piss baby. Yeah, right? Just, yeah. Just like, groveling on the floor, like, don't fire me, drooling on the ground and stuff. And now, you see the disgust on Angela's face. Oh, she's it's just, so good. He's just, I mean, if there was a turned on look, this is the opposite. This is, this just, is uh, oh, God, I hope she dumps it. This guy, like, come on. I, I hope she dumps him like after this because of the way he acts. Like, um, hey, yeah, that, that, it's all bad. Um, and Michael makes him, you know, the whole hug it out, bitch, is a, another fan favorite line. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is funny because hug it out means you're you're supposed to just let it go. If you yeah, and then he out, makes him stand. He He hugged it out, but he was so mad, and he wants him to do what a year's worth of his laundry. 
Yeah. And uh, wash his car, I think. I don't know, there was something. And else. yeah, and then he had to stand on a desk with the word "liar" on yeah, his yeah. shirt for like uh, hours. And God, if this is not one of those things that if Jan saw, she would like jump down Michael's throat, dude. Right. Oh, like Dwight could sue. Dwight could sue for the humiliation that he's being put through right now. Yeah, yeah. He could too. But the uh, the um that that that's oh that that's another favorite of season three for me is that whole Dwight trying to take control and the fake the fake Michael. Michael giving it up is pretty great because he does it in like the most obvious way that it's a lie where he's like jan just called me and i'm demoted and i'm demoted to your job and you're the new manager oh gosh right and dwight still goes for it he still takes the bait yeah he's like oh i knew it this is so good this is exactly what i wanted it of course it would be instant why would there not be any form of paperwork or uh you know like some uh, time for <coughs> changes or something like that. nothing he's right just they're like, just gonna change the manager overnight or not even overnight within an, yeah, hour. within an hour um because you had a meeting with jan and you said you were gonna trim fat uh, you know yeah the, the foolishness of the believability is yeah totally out the window yeah, so Jim yeah. walks up to the elevator and uh, he turns around and he's not even in the elevator yet. He turns around like halfway and he like mimes taking a grenade and throwing it at Karen. And Karen, like, I don't know where has like colorful paper clips, I think. And right. she just like throws them in the air, uh, like real lack lazily, like a little pff, explosion. Right. And it's right. super cute. It and is. then yeah. it's, it, it was the first like. I, I thought they were cute together earlier, but this right here, this had big Jim Pam energy. Okay. Right. And so like, I'm looking at it and I'm like, Oh, this is adorable. These two are going to date. There's no way they're not going to. And that's yeah. I don't know. It's, it's really cute. It's a cool thing that they did. And so uh, I wanted to, I wanted to bring it up for a second. Yeah, but, I agree. I mean, it's definitely, a, it's a me cute thing. It's a really nice little start for them. And you know, what's funny too, is I had watched, part of Parks and Rec before this season of The Office. So, you know, I had already knew Karen as Anne as well. Anne Perkins. Right? Yeah. And, um, you know, we don't see my post. This, but, and, and later on, and I don't feel like this is too much of a spoiler because you know that she leaves the show because she does Parks and Rec. Oh, uh, that's right. Eventually, when Parks and Rec first started, the idea was for it to be a spinoff. Oh, really? And for the Anne character to be Karen. Just at a different, you know, different job. Like, she had switched. But different logistics just didn't work out. And they ended up just doing it as, you know, a separate series. Um, Not connected. But there is some Easter eggs kind of in between the two that sort of reference uh, events that are happening. Uh, I knew that they were same universe, but I'm glad that they're not like connected right. because uh, Parks and Rec being its own thing really did it for me. Parks and Rec is one of my favorite shows. We talked about it a while ago, like when we first started, but it's a, it's a great show. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm a big Parks and Rec fan. So if any of our viewers haven't checked out Parks and Rec, if you like The Office, you'll like Parks and Rec. For sure. All yeah. right. Well, hey, great cast today. Um Thank you for listening to another episode of
of It Is a Podcast, featuring Ryan Scott Jones, Bruce Myers, and me, Matthew Jones. You can find us on the Creed Thoughts Facebook group. Feel free to drop by, let us know what you think of the podcast, ask us some questions, and share some memes. We would love to have you. This episode is sponsored by Fun Jeans. Get yourself an all-white pair of jeans. Nothing says get the party started quite like a pair of our jeans. Fun Jeans, with a fun bejeans. We hope to see you again, and have a good day.